0: Hi, I'm Chrissy. I'm Joss. And you're listening to
1: Breaking the Curtain, the podcast where we interview our theater idols and chat all about the history behind your favorite musicals. So sit back, relax, and and enjoy enjoy the the episode. episode. Hello, theater lovers. Please excuse us for interrupting our stagey spook series, but it is for a very good reason. We just spent the past few days attending the opening night performances of Six and In Dreams. Mervish Productions is
0: having such Mm -hmm. an incredible season, and we were so honored to have been invited to attend these two amazing shows and what actually was the kickoff of their 2023 2024 season.
1: Before we discuss the shows we saw, let me just quickly read off the list of shows currently playing in Mervish houses and what's to come over the next few months. Okay, so we've got In Dreams, Six, Jagged Little Pill, Ain't Too Proud, 42nd Street, To Kill a Mockingbird, Pride and Prejudice, sort of, Disney's Aladdin, Chicago, Les Mis, Tina, the Tina Turner musical, and more. I mean, come on, you guys. This is an incredible list of
0: shows. If you're in the Toronto area and like more than two or three shows on that list interest you and you want to go, the subscription is honest Mm -hmm. to God worth the money. 110%. I bought one this year because there's so much cool stuff going on.
1: For longtime listeners, you already know, we are Mervish girlies through and through. But this is a season for the history books. Truly one of their best, in my opinion. But then again, I do say that every single year a season is announced. So, I mean. (laughs) I mean, me too. But
0: because of the very reason that Chrissy and I are Mm Mervish girlies... This has been such a dream come true for us to attend these events. And we really did have the best time. So naturally, we want to come here and tell all of you about these two fantastic shows because you do not want to miss Mm -mm. either of them. So let's get into it. We'll start with six. And beware, there will be some spoilers ahead for both shows. So if you don't want spoilers, just go buy tickets now. Just do it. Go for it. (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) So let's get into it. Six is a show that we have both been wanting to see for a very 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 long time
1: it is you know what it was honestly a show that i wasn't sure i would be completely in love with i'd been wanting to see it for years i also put off seeing it for years because i felt like it would just not be my thing because i was introduced to it as just a concert setting style of a show And yes, in many ways it is, but it genuinely was not at all what I predicted the show to be. Like, I thought there would be no dialogue whatsoever and it would be completely sung through, which is also cool, but that was not the case. It has such a fabulous premise that locks you in at the start, and I could literally hear the audience getting engaged with the plot when they announce the contest at the beginning um, which makes me think that a lot of people also weren't entirely sure of the plot line beyond it being a pop concert with the six wives of Henry VIII and I actually I actually really like that I think it adds to the show by going in and not knowing every detail besides you know just knowing that you're going to have a really fun time Like I mentioned earlier, I didn't know the script itself would be so witty and just like flat out hilarious, yet it also had some really empowering sentimental moments that did make me tear up quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, Six really exceeded my expectations. I actually turned to Joss at the end and I asked if she wanted to go again. I I genuinely did enjoy it that much. And it is so clear to me now why it has such global success. Speaking of global success, this is the first Canadian production and the cast is out of this world, phenomenal. Every single one of them, they are all so unique and all shine equally as bright. I love them.
0: What's absolutely fantastic about Six is that you can go in and you can be like a history buff and know everything about all the wives Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But you can also go in totally blind and come away with learning something new. Now, we're kind of in this era of historical events becoming musicals, Mm -hmm. like Hamilton. Hamilton, of course, most recently, where we take that modern energy and use it to tell a story that happened years in the past. So I think Six is a fantastic, like, jumping off point to kind of introduce you to the idea of there is this guy, he wasn't great, he had six wives who he got rid of in various different ways. That makes him sound like a serial killer, but I mean...
1: Kind of. Technically?
0: You know, the point being is if you don't know, you get the premise. And I think it's a great way to introduce people to historical events, especially people who may not believe themselves to be Mm -hmm. history buffs. It's just such a nice way to make that accessible. But that being said, and I say this about Hamilton too, I always say if you want to have a hardcore discussion about these real life people, you do need to like do some research on your own as well. And one thing I loved at the opening night at Mervish when you went downstairs into the lobby of the Mm -hmm. Royal Alex, they had portrait of each queen up with a QR code. So you could scan the QR code and you could learn about the actual real life queen as well as, you know, who she is in the show, this variation of her, which was absolutely fantastic.
1: I so totally agree with you. I have to say, I think it's so great that you're seeing kids, you know, like grade one to grade three, who are so into these shows, like Six and Hamilton, who are now going to Mm -hmm. out for Halloween dressed as these characters they are singing all of the lyrics they know everything to know about the queens and Hamilton I wish I had a show like this around when I was in history class I think I would have done a lot better just saying (laughs) it would have been more
0: interesting yeah (laughs) but I wanted to go back to something that you said about going into six and not being sure if it would be Mm -hmm. for you because we know that I had that feeling. I loved the album, I was totally obsessed with it. But initially, I didn't love the premise of the queens being put against one Me another. Me too. And as we were going through the show, you know, I was having such a fun time that I did start to forget about it. But we finally get to the end, and this is kind of a spoiler, and it's revealed that the queens themselves have staged this com- th- have staged this competition to make everybody realize how stupid it is when they put these wonderful historical women against each other. And I was like, that's smart. That makes sense. And I wanted to bring that up because in the reviews, there's one reviewer, they seem to have like missed that point when they were reviewing the show. So I just want people to know if that's a reason that might be holding you back from it. That isn't entirely the case because i feel like that held me back from loving mm-hmm. six for so long like the competition premise so now that i know it's like a clever setup by the queens and all that i'm like okay now it makes sense and that's absolutely fantastic and that also explains some of the over the top caricature versions of these yes. queens as well because it's a satire it's a joke to the audience to say isn't this silly when we view these women this competition way to each and other. yeah as competition to each other and it also highlights the detriment of a patriarchal society because inherently Mm -hmm. in a patriarchal society when a woman has power we're automatically going to compare her to another woman Mm -hmm. in power so it's very smart very cute laugh out loud funny i did not expect to be laughing as hard as i was honestly me too and i
1: did not expect to get as emotional as i did
0: oh my gosh i was
1: (laughs) crying i yeah we have to get back
0: (laughs) We do. And I will say, though, that one of the reasons I did hold out from seeing Six, because we were in New York a couple times, I was genuinely waiting for a Canadian production.
1: I have been waiting
0: for a Canadian production since I first heard the album. I was like casting it in my head and everything. I I wanted my first time at Six to be in the Six. If anyone from Mervish is listening, those beautiful shirts that the, uh, ushers, and staff at the theater are wearing, let's say Six Live in the Six. I would very much like to buy one. Can you hook a girl up?
1: So Six is currently playing at the Royal Alexandra Theater, and I have to say we had such incredible seats, guys. We were front row center of the dress circle. As you know, I'm an orchestra person, but I think the dress circle was the best way to experience this show because the lighting is so gorgeous. You get to see how the entire theater lights up. I really, really recommend that view sitting in the dress circle, although I would really love to experience six from the front row someday for the full-on concert experience. But yeah, we had incredible seats for this performance.
0: Oh, 100%. I completely agree. The great thing about the Royal Alex is it's one of the smaller venues, so it doesn't matter where you are. It's a perfect seat. But edge of the dress circle, it was really like blurring the lines between rock concert and theater, and I totally dug it. I also loved it because there were two little girls in the very front row who were having (laughs) the best time of their entire life, and that just – that made my Mm -hmm. experience all the more richer because –
1: They were really cute. Ah! They were
0: just so cute. (laughs) And they had little crowns on. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Obviously, Six is an 80-minute show, and a lot goes on in those 80 minutes. It's fast-paced. It's
1: witty. All the songs are bops. Chrissy, did you have, like, a favorite moment? Mm, You know what? I actually don't think I have a specific favorite moment. If you had asked me my thoughts uh, before seeing the show itself, I probably would have said, like, don't lose your head. Uh, based off of, like, the cast recording and press clips from previous productions. But I really loved the show within its entirety. There was just not a weak moment from start to finish. And maybe that is partly due to the way it's set up as, like, a competition concert. But every queen brought something new and exciting to every minute of the show, If I did have to pick like one standout moment, I'd say Par's section at the end of the show talking to the other queens before going into her song. Yeah.
0: Mm, That was my favorite moment too.
1: Oh, it was so powerful. I had goosebumps
0: and I started crying. I was like, why am I crying? This is a comedy. (laughs) I think that the whole show is absolutely fantastic, but I need to shout out these women on stage yes. Can you take a moment <gasps> and do that please so in the role of catherine of aragon we had jazz robinson who was just absolutely fierce incredible she was oh, like no way is kind of the first big solo moment right mm-hmm. in the of the queens and she just came out and she was so precise yeah every word, every movement. And as fast as she was going, it was clean, clean, clean. So she's my queen of precision.
1: Ooh, yes. Yeah. I
0: love that. I've been been thinking of these. I've been thinking of these. So going on to the next wife, Mm -hmm. we have in the role of Anne Boleyn, Julia Pulo. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Incredible. So
1: funny. (laughs) So funny. (laughs)
0: She was hilarious. And what I loved about her was that even when she wasn't necessarily talking, you could look over to where she was and you could read her mind. Like mm-hmm. you could see exactly what Anne was thinking. It was almost like it was written across her forehead. Yeah. <laughs> and it, was, it was fantastic. She was just so invested mm-hmm. in her comedic timing, even with just little like looks aside. She was like the queen of kind of the side eye and the one liner, really. It's just... She's very, very good. <laughs> and going on to number three, we have Jane Seymour. We have Maggie Lacasse, whose voice is absolutely gorgeous. Amazing. Holy moly. Like, Heart of Stone is a long song, mm. and I wanted it to be longer. Like, I wanted her yeah. to keep singing. Yeah. Um, her whistle tones were <gasps> sublime. No, she was gorgeous, and I think I held my breath the entire time she was singing, like, the end of her song.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the audience literally, like, got to their feet and were clapping. Like, it was, oh. Yeah. Power. power. I think all
0: of us were just, like, holding our breath. Yeah. It was
1: gorgeous. So she's my
0: whistle tone queen. Love. As Anna of Cleves, we have Crystal Hernandez.
1: Oh, my God. Like, it is brilliant. Brilliant.
0: She was having the time of her life.
1: And I was having the time of mine.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I had the time of my life watching her
1: oh my gosh
0: can i also say i think her wig is my favorite in the show
1: yes i i
0: agree anyway she was just i don't want to say ham because like hamming it up can be seen as a bad thing but like she was hamming it up in the best possible way
1: hamming it up yet felt so natural for her like like it just oh yeah oh
0: yeah she kind of had like this swagger to her yes which was just have she oozed confidence Mm. and it was just I loved it. So she's my confidence queen. Love. Next up, we have in the role of Catherine Howard, Alicia Cruz. And she is tiny but mighty. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. The voice on this girl,
1: the emotional and, impact. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: Again, all you want to do is a very long song, and it's yes. a song that sounds fun. But it really just gets darker as you go along, which is incredible, brilliant songwriting on uh, Marlowe and Moss's part. It's, oh my God, Like that's probably one of the best written musical theater songs, like of our generation. yeah, because I agree. of that, how it contradicts itself. Mm-hmm. And she just navigated that entire journey so beautifully. I had a hard time navigating it as an audience member because of all the emotion. But she was just so graceful in how she handled it. So yes. I, I didn't have like a fun name for her, but like that's her, that's her queen moment. She just handled that so well and she paced it really, mm. really well, which I think some pe- sometimes when you watch it or listen to it, you know, the pacing is what nails it, kind of seals it as like a song at the end. And her pacing was perfect. Mm-hmm. And last but certainly not least, in the role of Catherine Parr, we had Lauren Maria Suse. And I thought she was absolutely charismatic and fantastic.
1: I wanted to give her a hug, like, the entire show. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I can't explain it. Like, oh, my God. No, like, they're all phenomenal. And but there was something about Parr. I was like, I have to hug you. Like, I can't explain. (laughs) why but that just kept coming to mind every time I would watch her I was like I want to give you a big hug.
0: <laughs> and acting wise across the board obviously these queens are all phenomenal. They are literal queens. Mm-hmm. But I found that her acting and maybe it was because of her character, I'm not sure, but she was so grounded in reality. And maybe that's part of the writing cuz you know the other queens kind of really dig into this competition thing and par is the one t- to say hey, guys, maybe that's not totally cool. Right. But I just found her so grounded and mm-hmm. steadfast the entire performance. So as much as there's all this crazy comedic stuff or big dancing or singing, as much as was going on on stage, she was kind of the steady. She was the constant right? the whole show. So she was my grounded queen. And I think I that's what that. really makes her such a strong like heartbeat of the show. And that's yeah. why... Her character is able to kind of bring everybody to their senses. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was just so steady, 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 steady in that part. And they all rely on each other to be brilliant. And that's the point of the show as well, right? Like Mm -hmm. when women uplift each other and rely on each other. Um, that's when we can be our best selves, when we have support from other women being their best selves. And so this cast is just a brilliant example of
1: that. We definitely would recommend seeing Six Live in the Six, so.
0: Yeah, like I'm going back. (laughs) And the good news is that following the opening night, which was just on Thursday, it was announced over the weekend that Six has extended its run at the Royal Alex. And it will be playing there through February 11th of next year. So all of the details for that are on the Mervish website. Get your freaking tickets.
1: Go get your tickets. All right. So after the very exciting opening of Six on Thursday, In Dreams had its official opening of its North American premiere on Sunday. Now, I, unfortunately, was unable to attend, which, oh my god, you guys, it breaks my heart because I love Roy Orbison and Lena Hall. You know, like, this music is in my house. That is just me. But Jocelyn, you were able to attend for us.
0: I was, and I had such a great time. Also, I love a matinee. You walk out, it's still light out to get home. Great It won't be
1: very long,
0: though. Uh, Winter is coming. (laughs) But I think it would have been really interesting if you had gone, because like you said, Roy Orbison's music is very much your wheelhouse. And Mm. me, on the other hand, I kind of know his tunes, but I didn't necessarily know that it was all him, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But I think it's really important for me to tell everyone before we start talking about In Dreams is that you don't need to know anything about Roy Orbison, about his music, about his life, anything like that to go into In Dreams and have a great time because it's set to a totally original story. But it does include his greatest hits, such as Only the Lonely, Oh, Pretty Woman, You Got It, and I Drove All Night.
1: Oh, I so wish I had gone, friends. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you would have loved it. I remember when it was announced that there was going to be a Roy Orbison musical called In Dreams and I was like, yeah, no, I have to go see that. And I think only later on was it announced that it would be going to Mervish. Yeah, I don't think that came out right away. It was only afterwards. So I probably will still get a trip in to go see it. Um I kind Honestly, of have comes see it cuz I'll go see it again. <laughs> like I have to do that. That is I'd be doing a disservice. To myself, if I do not, so I must go (laughs) see this. Anyways, In Dreams tells the story of Kenna, a country rock singer who invites her old bandmates to join her for the party of a lifetime while keeping her true motivations a secret. Kenna has recently found out that she has been diagnosed with cancer and decides to throw a celebration of life while she is still able to attend it. She invites her bandmates, who she hasn't seen in over a decade, one of which is an old flame to attend this party while planning to keep her diagnosis private. You guys. Oh, tell me all about it. Tell me how much you loved it.
0: I loved it. This is probably one of my favorite original musicals that I've seen. Mm
1: -hmm. And like,
0: it might actually be in my top five of this year, but don't hold me to that because I've seen a lot this year. But I was so moved by this show. So what's really interesting is that where Kenna is going to have this celebration of life, it is a Mexican restaurant where they also host funerals. And it's all tied in with uh, Day of the Dead and how in Mexican culture, death isn't looked on as necessarily a sad thing. It's kind of like moving on to a next chapter. So... It really talks about a lot of interesting cultural things that I think aren't the norm because I know in like the Western world or whatever, death is viewed as very sad, it's tragic, funerals are bleak, all that sort of stuff. So it's always interesting to me to get another perspective. And I mean, not to like basicify it, but y'all have seen Coco, which Coco is actually referenced a couple times in this musical. (laughs) So <laughs> to oh, explain is what's it? Going oh, I on. love that. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, we've seen Coco. Um, so essentially, it's that sort of thing. And I found it very, very beautiful and a great way to introduce people who may not know about these cultural practices to it. So I thought that was pretty interesting, like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Also, we had the most beautiful seats, Chrissy. We were in the fourth row. <gasps> and it was stunning. Like, I could see the sweat on Lena Hall's forehead. And I was like, this is the best day of my life.
1: And it was at the Mervish, which is my favorite of the Mervish houses.
0: This is probably my favorite as well. Again, it's a slightly smaller house. And it has recently been renovated for Harry Potter last year. They changed it. So there are less seats in there now, I believe. But there is more leg room. So that was fantastic. I could like, stretch my legs out and i'm tall mm. a plus on the leg room for those of you who have been listening along this is just a fun fact so the caa ed mervish theater used to be named the Pantagus. so if you remember mm. our phantom of the opera episode from earlier in was that this year from that was earlier last year yeah the Pantagus is where phantom had its canadian run and premiere and it lived there essentially for 10 years
1: can i give you another fun fact about this hit me so apparently, so you know that there is the hotel attached to Mervish ish. You know what I mean? Like the Pantages. Yeah, it's like the Pantages
0: Hotel. Yeah, yes.
1: I could be wrong. I did see this like about. I saw this around mm, a week ago. Sandwiched between the Mervish wall and that hotel somewhere is a faded phantom wall art banner thing. and it is still there that's so so cool right it's like literally a piece of the theater so like if they were to like essentially knock down the wall or something that's hiding it it would be there i believe or i think you can peek somewhere and see it next time we go by we're gonna have to search for that because i am curious if it's a peeking thing can somebody take me to see it (laughs) can you tell us Where we can find that. Anyways, I love history like that. I think that's cool that it's still there.
0: (laughs) We're here to talk about in dreams, so I'm not going to get too crazy sidetracked on that today. The story progresses kind of how you expect it would. So, Kenna has gone in, she's learned about these celebrations of life, and she says, Great, I want to have one, but I want to be here for the party. And they're like, That's weird, but okay. And so, they are helping her throw this party and invite her bandmates. And originally, she doesn't want to invite her old flame to come. But uh, Alma, sorry, that's the actress's name. Anna Sophia, who is the grandmother of the man who owns the restaurant with his wife, she decides to take her phone and send him a little flirty text to get him there. So Oliver Thompson, who is playing Ramsey, drives all night to get to her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which Chrissy you would have loved this number I bet and I this wouldn't. is what I love about David West Reed and Luke Shepard together so this is the team behind and Juliet so they're comedic geniuses this man who is an uber driver driving an uber made up of people with the uber like logo on the um steering wheel singing I drove all night the description of it is not like as funny and as brilliant and as clever as it actually is. It's like an in Juliet when Juliet sings since you've been gone to Romeo Mm. and it's the funniest thing ever, but it doesn't sound like it would be. Mm -hmm. It's that it's (laughs) I love these two. And that's another reason why I was so excited for this. And it just really showcases what this writing team can do. They're capable of bringing out things that are absolutely laugh out loud, hilarious, Like one minute you're crying of laughter, and the other you have these very touching, down-to-earth, grounded moments, both in song and in speech, that you're crying for a totally other reason. And they've captured such a portrait of life and death and the human condition. Essentially, it's about our desire to connect and the importance of the people in our lives and being able to connect and communicate with them completely honestly
1: I really want to see that
0: you really should because again Mm -hmm. this cast is totally phenomenal I I mean mean, you know Lena Hall
1: my girl Lena Lena Hall (laughs) she walked on stage
0: and I like well I had my phone out because the lights didn't go down right away because she comes out first and then the lights go down so I had my phone out and I was texting Chrissy about how I had accidentally ended up in the wrong seat but I was in the right seat now and all of a sudden Lena Hall's on stage and I like dropped my phone. <laughs> and hearing Lena Hall sing live is like an otherworldly experience. Mm-hmm. She's just, if you're familiar with her, you know what her voice sounds like. She
1: is unreal. Unreal. She's literally
0: unreal. And in the first act of the show, she sings Crying, obviously by Roy Orbison. This is literally one of the best things I have ever seen on stage. Ever. Like, she was singing straight from her guts. Oh, I mean, she always does. But this, this song, the way she built it, like, over, like, the verses and the choruses. And there was one point, like, she was, like, leaning against the wall and, like, belting her heart out and leaning over. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> there needs to be a cast album, like, now because I need right. to hear that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to go see the show again. So, you know, I'll, I'll do that again. But it was... I don't even have the words to describe it. It was otherworldly.
1: And I really love the rock star aspect, like the faded rock star vibe. Mm -hmm. It's very um, Daisy Jones in the six, if I may add, which, you know, we love that. We are here for that. How did I know you'd bring Daisy
0: Jones into this? Because I've been (laughs)
1: saying it since I read like the plot. And I was like, oh, this feels very Daisy Jones. And um. It does and I like that.
0: The way that this character is written, you know, I don't think anyone else would be as well suited to this role as Lena Hall is. Mm. Like she just fits. And I'm sure like anyone else in the part would be equally fantastic, but there's something about it watching her in this role, like I it's like it was made for her.
1: I feel like I say that about Every single role I've seen or, like, no Lena has played and, like, watched clips of. She's phenomenal. So In Dreams is running at Toronto's CAA Mervish Theatre through November 12th, 2023. And tickets are available on the Mervish website.
0: I will definitely be going again and mm-hmm. dragging Chrissy with oh, me. Oh, I
1: am there. You do not <laughs> have to drag me. I will be sprinting beside you there.
0: You know, I don't want to get too long-winded. You've heard me babble enough. But the last thing I'll say is that this just musical is so beautifully human. And I think that's what I'll leave it at. It's the human experience. And Mm. the way it ends, which I won't spoil, is also very human and lifelike. And, yeah, absolutely fantastic on David Westreed's part. The book of this, one of the best books of a musical I've seen Mm. ever. So... Be prepared to have You Got It stuck in your head for the next couple <laughs> weeks, but go see In Dreams.
1: Go see In Dreams and Six. And like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, these two musicals are just the tip of the iceberg of what Mervish Productions has to offer. This upcoming season. So go to their website and check it all out.
0: Yeah, and follow them on social media Mm -hmm. too because sometimes they announce the season and then they announce all these extra little tidbits and other shows that are passing through. So if you don't want to miss anything, follow them on social media. And it is truly such a gift. As someone who does live in Southern Ontario, I consider myself so lucky to be able to go like two hours on the train and to see a Broadway-level production. You know what I mean? To have that accessibility to fantastic professional theater. Mm -hmm. It is such a gift. So if you're living in the area, take advantage of it, man. For everybody listening, again, get your tickets, because these two shows are fan-frickin-tastic and are going to sell out like that.
1: And they have been. If you go check on their website, I think like every show says limited availability. So run sprint run go Go, go 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 bye friends bye everybody